Morning Liberty. Good, 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 good morning, Liberty. I just love that. You know? Yeah, love it every single time. It's a pretty fun intro, right? Those it, little alarm sounds can get kind of annoying, but it is Good Morning Liberty. It lets so. you know that yeah, this is the Good Morning Liberty podcast. Uh, I'm Charlie, and I'm Nate. Wow, look at that! And we want to let you know that. Uh, go ahead and hit that subscribe button today. We actually have no time limit. They can do it throughout the whole thing. The whole episode, you wow. can do it. Now tomorrow, that's that's only going to be for this episode, though. Okay. Tomorrow, there's another time limit. You know, you didn't talk to me about that marketing decision. I made beforehand. an executive okay decision just now. <laughs> um, we got a lot to talk about today. I think uh, I think the New York mayor, Bill De Blasio, was on Hannity for about forty something minutes, yelling back and forth, and. Yeah. God, that guy's just such a nice guy. Yeah, I have a hard time listening to Hannity anyway, just full disclosure. Yeah. Um, he's very, I just get kind of anxious, you know, listening to him interview people. He, I agree with some of the things, but he's pretty, pretty Republican he's like He's like an always Trumper. And mm-hmm. I don't think it's good to be a never Trumper or anything like that. Like, But you should just be, you know, just be principled all the time. And from what I hear from Hannity, he's like an always Trumper no matter what. So yeah. that's kinda that's kind of dangerous. But I cut up a bunch of clips from from this interview that are just infuriating. So upset that this is at, and the reason I wanted you know, de Blasio is not like a serious contender for the president or anything like that. But I do think that his ideas represent an ideology that a large portion of the country has. That's why that's why and, I brought them up. And he holds a pretty powerful political office as the mayor of the biggest city in the United yeah, States. I mean, he's, a, he's a mayor over millions of people. Yeah. Millions and millions. He's the mayor so 14, of 14 million You know, people? like as many people as some of those European countries that people talk about all right. the time. You know, like Denmark. You know, he, de Blasio might be over as many people as, you know, whoever it is that's running Denmark. So, right. So he's got a lot of power. Um, and I think his ideas are really the base ideas for a lot of people, a, a lot. I've seen a lot of people online um, talking about some of these uh, really purely, they're kind of purely communi- communist ideas, honestly, very socialist, mm-hmm. if not communist. But um, I just wanted to, maybe we can give a rebuke on some of them. Um, the first one is going to be about gun rights, because it's very hard to be able to have a gun in New York. Hannity's talking about that. And um, he was asking him about whether or not people should have the right to defend themselves. Well, so in this, we're going to rip apart de Blasio um, on gun rights. There's also taxes in there. CEO pay. CEO pay. Um, <laughs> climate change. Climate change. Um, we're going to go over, well, even he talks about uh setting nutrition rules for schools and uh you know in new york like they outlawed big gulps and they've taken salt off of all of the restaurant tables you can't have salt on the tables oh wow yeah so some of that big government daddy stuff you know the your big parent the the government so we'll talk about some of those things uh we're going to talk about the top marginal tax rate in the 50s which is something he goes to a lot he's got a website called taxthehell.com uh, because his thing is that he's going to tax the hell out of the rich. He's got the most uh, progressive tax plan out of all of the presidential candidates, and he's proud of it. Yeah. So uh, it should be like steal the hell. 
Yeah. <laughs> Steal the exactly. hell out of, let's just, of everything. Let's just call it what it is. So we're going to dive into all that. But first, I wanted to uh, let you guys know to go ahead and hit that subscribe button again. Yeah. Uh, because we need you guys to do that. We had the... Uh, today, actually, has been the biggest downloads on this show. Biggest down... Most amount of downloads we've ever had. And Good Morning Liberty is all about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. It's very important yeah. that we talk about these things. And uh, so... Man, I just thank you guys for being here. I do too. It's it's very nice <laughs> to have all of you as friends of the show. Well, without further ado, let's dive in. Here we go. Ready to get you angry? You have that. Hollywood stars can afford armed guards. Should every New Yorker, should every American have the ability of, God forbid, the criminal element invades their home, invades their property, to have a gun in their home to protect themselves. Okay. You're like in, you do. You're in this. Okay. Seems like a very simple question. That's a pretty simple question, which he will not say no. Hannity's trying to force him to answer the question, which is no, he does not think that you have the right to have a gun in your home and protect yourself. Um, that's kind of, which I've got another clip that goes right along with this. I've, I have two clips marked down here right together, but um, this kind of goes along along the lines of the Second Amendment and what that really is, because some people in the government act like that's a right that the government has given you, um, when in fact it is actually a right that you were born with. Pretty simple idea, I guess. Mm -hmm. You have the right to protect yourself. That's That seems like a pretty basic idea. Which probably derives a little bit, I'd say, from your right to life. Yeah, already. Like you have a right to make... to. If someone is trying to take your right to life, you have a right to defend against that. But he thinks that, you know, we just need more police officers, and that's what will fix the problem. He makes that argument a, a lot throughout this conversation. And we've told this story before, but Charlie and I know just from our little example, we waited 45 minutes on the cops one time. Mm -hmm. After we told them someone was pulling a gun on us, we waited 45 minutes. We don't have a shortage of police problem no that's, that's for sure it's it's just that here's the deal when someone breaks into your home you're not going to have time to wait for a cop to get there no no offense to police officers at all but you're not going to put a police officer inside everyone's home so they can be there to defend people when someone breaks in your home here's another crazy story i just read this um i believe it was in i think it was in ohio too there was a uh, a house alarm that went off triggered police it was the middle of the night, and a 65-year-old man uh, thought his home was being broken into. It was like 2 o'clock in the morning, I think. And so he got a gun to protect himself. And the cop showed up and opened the front door and shot the homeowner. Wow. So so the cop responded and thought that like the homeowner was the burglar and shot him. Now, luckily, he didn't die. Yeah. But uh, internal investigation says that the cop followed policy and didn't do anything wrong open the door and start shooting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and this guy has a history of shooting people. Okay. So it's like, he's, he's a, the homeowner did no, the cop. Okay. He's a trigger, trigger happy cop. <laughs> One more thing on gun rights. Like, I believe like, oh, people have rights. I believe we need new gun safety I believe laws. People have and rights. should they have the and right to a gun? We have a police department and I've added 2000 officers on patrol in this city in the last few years. Great. That is making it safer all the time. Should, That's the best way to protect Should people. every a New Yorker that has you. a perfect mental I've health, hold on, you. have a perfect mental health record and have a background check. Would you agree that they have a right 
They have a right to be safe. Do you agree they have a right to have a gun they in their house? They have a right to be safe. Great. Do they have a right and to a I'm gun? I'm telling you what I think. Yes or no? Safest. I've answered you. The safest way you to do it. You're not is answering. To have a police department Should, that is supported by the time the you call the cops, even if it's a great response time, you might be dead. Again. We just have a different. You're protected. You have a, a you have a team around you. Does every New Yorker, if somebody breaks into their house, they're good people, the law-abiding people, pay their taxes, obey the rules, pass the background check. Should they have a right to a gun in their house? Uh, yes or no? I ain't buying what you're selling. You're not buying. I ain't. I ain't buying. What I, ain't, you're, I ain't buying what you're selling. Deflect. 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 Yeah. So he believes the safest thing. He Hannity kept asking, like, do they have a right? to defend themselves do they have the right to have a gun he says they have the right to be safe he kept saying they have the right to be safe over and over again and he thinks that the safest thing is to have more police officers but then obviously Hannity correctly points out like we were just saying that you're you don't have time to wait for the cops to get to your house so the guy's saying you have a right to be safe how can he how can he know how can he know that your right to be safe is taken care of by having more police officers in town. How can he know that? It, and not only that, and I'm looking this up right now, but there was a Supreme Court case where the um, Supreme Court ruled that the police officers do not have an obligation. They do not have a constitutional duty to protect anyone. Yeah, which is another thing we talked about when we were talking. So sure, like hire a million police officers. Yeah. They're not held liable for anything. Well, and they're still not going to be inside everyone's house when someone breaks in. Right. There's just it, it doesn't make any Plus, sense. Plus, that's a violation of the. Yeah, they can't do it anyway. The third, <laughs> that's the third amendment, right? But like, I guess if you had the maybe you have to hire your everyone has to hire their own private security. That's that's basically what it is. Because it was, sorry, it was Castle Rock versus Gonzalez. So that was the that was the case. If okay. you want to look it up. So they ruled. Uh, that police officers are are actually not obligated by law There's to no, protect you in no, a situation. No duty. No duty to actually protect you. That's I mean, like you watch the cops watch people set the town on fire when they're when they're rioting and things like that. I mean, mm-hmm. they don't really have any obligation to protect property at all. They don't. Not at all. If so, they would be doing something about it. Once again, this is not a knock on police whatsoever there's a lot of police officers who do a lot of great things of of course the bulk of police officers do a lot of great things but that does not mean that they are going to be there to protect people at the time that something bad is happening that means they're going to show up and write a report afterwards Mm -hmm. that's what they're going to do i'm sorry firefighters don't prevent fires in your house (laughs) they don't you call them You call them when there's a fire and they come put it out. It's like the it's like you're outlawing the sprinkler systems. No, you can't have those. I think everyone has a right to to be safe. So we're going to have more firefighters. And Hannity's like, but can they have a sprinkler system in their house? And he's like, I think we need more firefighters. <laughs> That's what he's saying back and forth right there. It's so true. <laughs> so the- so essentially, like, no, De Blasio's stance is, and I think he finally says no, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah. He finally is like, no, no, you don't have a right to a gun, which is just like, how is that? How did that guy swear an oath to the Constitution? Because he did like to take his position as mayor of New York. He had to swear an oath to the Constitution. And clearly he doesn't he doesn't even have an obligation to his oath. I said idea, this basic misunderstanding of what the Bill of Rights is. There, there's like this understanding now that this is a 
list of rights that the government has given to people that are in America. And that's not the case at all. They are a list of rights that people naturally have just by being human beings. Mm-hmm. And then the government said, we will protect those rights, meaning we will not let anyone else take those rights away from you, except for the government, I guess. They can come in and take those rights away from you. But the thing is that those are not rights that you were given. They were rights that you were born with. So there's really, this is a non-issue. This is about whether or not the government can take away your rights. That's all it is. And I would go so far to say that even if, which will never happen, but even if the government passes, they ratify another amendment to get rid of the Second Amendment, yeah, it doesn't change the fact that you have a natural right to protect yourself. Yeah, it's just not listed anymore. You still have a natural right to protect yourself. Exactly. Absolutely. But it just says that the government's not going to protect that right for yeah. you anymore. So, all right. Switching over to the CEO pay. Go. Collar guy that worked 25 years but in I'm real saying, work. Do you think it's okay? There are CEOs in America. You know what I'm most happy about? 200, 400 times what an average worker in a company is making. I am so happy. Do you think that's okay? That I gave you the numbers under Biden, Obama. Okay. So this idea talked about, obviously, by most people on the left all the time, a lot of people, this idea that it's wrong for CEOs to make hundreds of times more than their workers. And the only thing I can come up with on this, which obviously they're making an emotional plea, trying to get you upset about how much the person that runs the company you work at is mm-hmm. making. Um, but the other, uh, the other argument that they're making is that this is somehow affecting people's pay. Like people are not getting paid enough in America. That's what they're trying to reach in this argument. And then they're saying, well, the CEOs are making this much money. And so that's, this is one of the reasons why people aren't making enough money because CEOs are getting paid way too much. And we've done this a million times, but I actually came up with a slightly new way to do it today. But um, Ooh, I'm interested to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> so I still took. I'm gonna, um, I think I'm going to subscribe. <laughs> good. You should hit yeah. subscribe, Charlie. Um, I'm going to take, once again, Doug McMillan, Walmart CEO, makes $22 million per year. Okay, now they've got over 2 million employees. We're just going to say 2.2 million employees. It's like 2.3, 2.4, something like that. Um, So that means he gets uh, a $2 million check every month from Walmart? No, no. Actually, his base salary is about 2 million. That's that's what the rest of it is just in stock options that they get that they give him. So his base salary is still just around 2 million, something like that. The rest of it, he only makes that if the company's doing really well. It's like a it's like a bonus for doing a good job at your job. Um, so they've got over two million employees. So rough rough math on that will tell you if they've got two point two million employees, that each employee is paying technically ten dollars ten dollars per year of their pay goes to the CEO. Now worked out in hours. What I did was I did 25 hours per week on average for the 52 weeks out of the year. That comes out to 1,300 hours that the uh, employees would work in a year. So dividing that out, you get about a cent. So here's the, the per hour, one cent per hour. So here's the, here's the idea behind this. This is what I want you to imagine. Let's take, let's take their CEO's pay. Let's take all their CEO's pay and let's pay him the same amount of money that the employees are making per hour. Let's just make him, let's level all of them out. Let's just, all of them make the same amount of money per hour. So Walmart's minimum is $11 an hour. That's what you get higher that. So I'm just going to use $11 an hour, even though on average they probably pay 
more than $11 mm -hmm. an hour, I would say. So we're just going to use $11 an hour is what everyone's getting paid. Now, if we take the CEO's pay and we decide we're just going to pay him the same amount that everyone else is getting paid, and um, that's going to fix the problem, right? Well, what happens when you do that is everyone's pay goes from $11 an hour to $11.01 per hour. That's the move you're talking about. So this is why I get so frustrated when they start talking about CEO is making three or 400 times more what their workers are. What, what's your point? What's your point mm -hmm. that you're trying to make? What is it? Because the, the, uh, the first reaction, people who don't pay attention to the numbers or you know, don't study a lot of economics, the first reaction is, well, that's terrible. They're getting paid that much. We should be able to pay everyone else more money, but they're paying their CEO way too much money, and, and that's why our pay is so low. That's got to be the reaction that they're trying to get out of that. Mm -hmm. But then when you take his money away and you pay him the same amount as everyone else, everyone's pay at Walmart goes up by one cent per hour, meaning this is an absolute, absolute non-issue. The actual issue is what if they hire a terrible CEO because they decide they're going to pay them $11.01 per hour, and then the company goes bankrupt and 2.2 million employees lose their jobs? Well, that'll never happen, Nate. Of course, that would just never happen. Yeah, would it? These that, are just rich companies. Companies never fail. They they don't. Yeah. All businesses make it. <laughs> never seen a company fail. Oh man! So one more thing about corporations and pay as little in taxes. Do you think I work? You think it's okay that big corporations pay nothing in taxes? You know how much I make. Do you think that's okay? No, corporations pass taxes on to people. Corporations no, don't but pay they taxes. are there are they corporations that pay no taxes listen, in America. Listen, Amazon's one. Listen, of them. all I you know think is that's okay. Okay. We already debunked this yesterday. We did this yesterday. Pretty easy one right here. Last year, 2018, all of your news headlines are going to say that Amazon paid $0 in taxes last year. That number is on federal income tax, federal corporate tax. That's what that number is. Mm -hmm. In reality, Amazon paid $1.4 billion in taxes last year. They've paid billions in taxes. They, they, they actually have done this. So the, the funny thing I saw about this is... Here's the funny part. Charlie, if you were going to buy something, where's the cheapest place you think you could go to buy something? Hmm. Like I have to physically go somewhere? Or? No, just you need to buy a product. What are you going to do? Oh, most of the time I just go to Amazon. Okay. Probably you ever go shopping in the store and you, you pick something up off the shelf and like, what do you say when you pick it up off the shelf and see how much it costs? I don't really pay attention to sticker prices anymore. <laughs> well, back when you used to be oh. poor, <laughs> what, what would you say? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I do. I, I try to find the bargain. I was like, I'm, well, I wonder if this is cheaper somewhere else. Yeah, probably Amazon, right? Yeah. A lot of times I look it up on the phone. So where's more often than not, where's the cheapest place you can go to buy goods? Usually Amazon. Okay. What business do all of these people on the left demonize about not paying taxes? Amazon. Okay, wait. Where's the cheapest place you can go to buy things most of the time? Amazon. All right. Like, not the jungle. Okay, well, which corporation do people on the left demonize for not paying taxes all the time? Amazon. You guys see the trend right that's here? That's a lot of Amazon answers. Amazon.com, I should say. Yeah, that's the actual corporate, corporate name. But, okay, I hope you caught that trend there. The cheapest place most of the time for you to buy goods is also the place that everyone is upset for, with them not paying enough taxes. Yet it's the cheapest place for you to go buy everything all the time. 
What? Why? Why do you think that is? It's almost like taxes are a portion of everything that you buy all the time. Hmm. Hmm. I think it is. That's kind of a weird, kind of a weird idea. Remember back in the day when, and I think some some states still have this, where you order something online and you didn't have to pay taxes on that product. Most like because it was online. A lot of states still no sales tax still do have that. Um, some of the states have passed uh, sales tax, especially with Amazon. I know Washington did. I know Illinois did. Tennessee did. Tennessee did. Um, cause yeah. we don't have a state income tax. Yeah. So everything is off of sales tax, which if I'm going to pay taxes, you know, a, a use tax to me is the best. I yeah. said this the other day, I went, I went to the lake a couple weeks ago and I had to pay five bucks to get in to access the lake. No big deal. I've never paid that my whole life, my whole life. Nobody stole any money from me. And they were like, Hey, if you want to come in to access this, government property that we shouldn't have, but we do, <laughs> um, then we're going to charge you $5 to use it. And I'm like, I am much more, I'm much happier to pay that amount. Or if I buy goods or services, then pay a sales tax on that. That's fine with me because it is a, a use tax basically. So, mm. so if I'm going to have to pay taxes, because if I don't, if I don't want to pay taxes, I just stop buying stuff. It's the best way. It's the best way. Well, so in this conversation, I also wanted to point out, did you know that the rich are paying less and less in taxes all the time? Less no, and less. I, did, I didn't know that, I didn't actually. didn't know that. Well, you, you should know. <clears throat> they actually pay I mean, the, all the, the taxes. Obama from Reagan till now, the rich have gotten consistently richer, paying less and less Keep in taxes. to this. No, because 40 years is a long time, and we have got to break out of it. Can you, you know when the good old Trump days were? We know when the good old days were? Eisenhower and Kennedy, when the wealthy paid taxes at the level I'm proposing, wealth was better shared. Okay, so the rich are paying less and less in taxes. That's the, that's the basic idea here. And this is, I think, a, also a mentality around, around the country. I think you could, you could ask anyone this, and they, and they would tell you that this is true. So I was looking at this, uh, I was looking at this graph earlier, and... The, the graph went back to the 80s. It went back to the early 80s. So it was really interesting to watch these lines diverge because what happened was in the, in the 80s, um, when they had a higher marginal tax rate, here's the interesting statistic. Beginning in the 80s, the, high, the highest tax rate was 70%. 70%. And at that time, the rich, the richest 1%, were paying 32% of the total amount of taxes that came in to the United States while there was a 70% top marginal tax rate. What's the 70% that was over a million? Um, at that time, it would have been over probably around six or 700,000, something like that. The okay. 50s rate was over 200,000. Um, so seven, 800,000. So the top marginal rate was, because this is what he's arguing for, is that we go back to a really high top marginal rate. Mm -hmm. So starting in the early 80s, the top marginal was still 70%. And the rich people were accounting for 32% of the total tax money that was coming in to the United States. So now, fast forward to 2000s. Now the top marginal tax rate, what they're actually paying is around 20% is what they're doing. So do you know how much they're covering in taxes now? The top 1%? Yeah. Like probably half. Yeah, so it's 47%. 47%. As the rate has decreased over that span of 30 years... The government's gotten more money from them. The government has taken more money from them. So that... And plus, the, like, the revenues keep going up. 
What yeah. was the what was the, well revenues the the extortion? Yeah. What were the do you know what the government revenues were in the eighties? Well, um, like two trillion. Probably? Oh yeah, I don't know what the actual Maybe one tax, and a half trillion. I don't know what the tax receipts were in that time. No, yeah. I did not that look at that. Up to like th- what three point six trillion? Uh, something like that. Yeah, right around three and a half trillion is what they're taking taking from the people against their will. Well, Here's well, the other the other thing I want to say about that is you have to remember that the that tax rate was on an income tax rate. Yeah. So they were paying 70% of their income. Like, do you know what Warren Buffett's income is? Probably almost nothing. I think it's a dollar. Yeah. Like his salary is a dollar. Yeah. Um, most of your CEOs, like you said, uh, the check that the CEO from Walmart receives is uh, $2 million. Like that's his salary. So that's his income. Everything else that he receives in stocks, he doesn't get taxed on. And when he decides to draw it out of his stocks, he pays a capital gains rate. Yeah. So you're saying we should raise the capital gains rate? No, but what I'm <laughs> okay. saying is is that raising the federal income tax rate to 70%, sure, it doesn't do anything. Rich people will, don't pay that rate. They never have. They never will. Well, speaking of that, one more little <sighs> clip from that. People paid for that what action by federal, your friend, the president. What should the federal tax rate be for individuals? 70%. For folks who make over $2 million income. 70%. 70%. So that means, combine, over two million. So that means they get to Walmart keep 30%. Walmart CEO wouldn't even qualify. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you take 70 cents out of every dollar. Again, how long did we have in this country? For decades. Just White Eisenhower. John F. Kennedy. That was the tax rate every, then. 70 cents out of every dollar. Okay, so that's, that's going back to this thing that people on the left like to talk about right now, which was that we had a really high tax rate back in the 1950s. It was a high marginal tax rate. But you might be surprised to know that the the top tax rate was 91%, the top marginal tax rate. Mm-hmm. So that's what a lot of these people are arguing that we should go back to, and that's going to fix the problem, apparently. So, something something like that. So the here's the funny part. In the 50s, when the top marginal tax rate was 91%, what do you think they were actually paying in their total effective tax You know, on their income? It's probably still like twenty percent. It was well. They were paying. They were paying forty-two percent total effective tax effective, yeah. of their income, even though the top bracket was ninety-one percent. And here's the reason why: that only that only covered about ten thousand households in the United States actually qualified for that, because no one was making that much money. You know, that there just weren't that many people making that much. Ten thousand households in total were making that. So their effective tax rate at that time. Even when the marginal tax was at 91%, their effective tax was 42% that they paid. What do you think the effective tax is right now? Like 45%. It's actually gone down. It's actually 37%. Oh, so pretty much the same. It's right. It's 5% different, even though that top marginal tax rate is nowhere close to what it used to be at all. It literally it, it doesn't change anything because these people will find ways around counting their income, just like you said, with using capital gains taxing instead. And they will, they'll go to offshore accounts. They'll do all that stuff. It's yeah. because when people steal from you, you find a way to, to so they don't steal from you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that's, that, that it's is not, the case. Yeah. It's not loopholes. There's no such thing as loopholes around theft. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> I don't want to be stolen from. It's like, anymore. Oh, I got a security system. Oh, you signed up for that. Uh, ADT loophole. Huh? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Loophole around the burglars. Uh, so, this, I think, this is where um, I had to stop and take a break for a while because my heart started to get kind of messy and kind of, you know, I kind of felt like I was going to have some issues and my blood pressure just shot up a bunch. 
But uh, we'll see. I want to see what you think about this. Yeah, I'm about to get healthcare for as you a, now. <laughs> as a business owner, here you go. I want 1% more. 2% more, 3% more. You want another bite of the apple after they paid your 70 cents on the dollar. And one more thing. And then if you drop dead, then New York gets another 16%. So what about the, and the federal government gets 40%. What about 44%. all the working people who create all the wealth? The guy who owns the factory, the guy who owns the company did not create the wealth. The people who did the work created Why the wealth. Why do you feel you and have they, a... <clears throat> so all you business owners out there, you didn't create anything. One more time, what he said was... What about all the workers, the employees, the ones who created the wealth? The person, the guy who started the business, the, per, the business owner did not create the wealth. The people who work who, at the business create the wealth. So you're telling me when Jeff Bezos was starting Amazon and he was in his house packing boxes, there were 600,000 people helping him start that? Apparently. <laughs> they no, created no that. No wonder he grew so yeah. fast. <laughs> this the is other, a, the other thing I want you to think about is like when you go to a new job, what's the first thing that happens? Uh, I don't know. I walk For out at least normally. a week or two. I act like I'm going to do a good job. No, you're in training. Oh, oh yeah. Training. Yeah. <laughs> you're in training. Cause you, you don't know what you're doing at that company. True. True. Because <laughs> somebody developed policies and procedures for you to follow that makes the company successful. This is pretty two things like it's pretty easy if you want to trace this back like look at all the employees at the company they're all working they're all working okay we'll trace it back before that maybe they had to buy some tra keep tracing it back to how it started because they all just didn't get together and decide that they were going to pull their money together and create a business which by the way if you think that that is the way things should be done that we should have just worker owned companies then do it yeah, there's nothing stopping then you. Do it. Create a Facebook group. Get ten thousand people in it. All of you pull your money together into a bank account and then try to start a business. Mm -hmm. Do it. There's no one stopping you from doing it. But here's what actually happens: someone decides that they're going to risk a ton of money and put in like a hundred hours a week in work, and then later down the road, years later, there's hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of people working at that business. That's only if. The company doesn't fail, which like yeah. half of all businesses that start in America fail. More than half. Yeah. It's, it's a more cra than half? crazy amount of businesses. Are, it's technically a People crazy lose their amount. life savings. They take out another mortgage on their house. They take loans from friends and family. I mean, just watch Shark Tank. Now, yeah, yeah. People are like, oh, how much do you have invested in this terrible idea? Oh, 100000 Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Well. Yeah. Do, do that and, and then tell me that you didn't create that business. Right. You know, that it's it's... Uh, it's in, it's disgusting. Is mm -hmm. what it is. It's purely disgusting. That's Be what I always challenge people. If you think business owners are evil, then you just start a business to compete with them. Yeah. Well, and it should be better anyway because you're not going to be so worried about your evil evil shareholder profits and your profit, and you're going to pay. There's not going to be CEOs, so and no one's going to be sucking out all that money, and you're not going to be gouging people. So it should be cheaper products. Which means you'll overtake all of the competition out there. Mm -hmm. You're not going to have all of that evil administrative cost that all of our capitalist comp companies have. Let me give you a real world, real a real world example. Because I, I truly believe as a business owner that you should take care of the of your employees that take care of the business because that's how you become most successful. Um, but you don't have to do that through government force. You just 
you understand that you have people that work for you and, and you should care for people. But let me give you a real world example. Cause what happens is <coughs> I'm just going to tell you what's happening right now with our company is this month of August is a tight month because there's a lot of things going on. Guess who gets paid last me. <laughs> so guess who gets the least amount of money this month? Me. <laughs> <laughs> because it's a tight month and we have a lot of expenses going out, a lot of things, which is all good. It's we're investing and doing all kinds of other things. But, you know, Nate gets paid and the other people I have working for me get paid. And guess who gets paid last? Me. So I get the least amount of money ever this month. And, what Charlie, and that's what happens. What Charlie did not know that I'm actually such a great negotiator that I got him to negotiate my price up <laughs> on my behalf. <laughs> Yeah. So <laughs> it's a passive aggressive nature. That's how you negotiate right there. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. So that you can always trace this back to who started the business, like Charlie's saying right now. And, uh, you know, a year from now, if Charlie has got 100 employees or Good Morning Liberty has got 100 employees, and all those employees wake up one day and say, hey, we created this, I'm going to, I'll sock them straight in the mouth. That's what I'll do. <laughs> I'll hit them right in the teeth. Yeah. is what's going to happen because they weren't here for this. They were not here for when Charlie was taking it for the team, okay? Right. Like that you weren't here for that. You know my my uh, my family's a farm family and during the year uh they're harvesting harvesting their produce all the time. They're harvesting we'll just grapes say that. right now. They're harvesting grapes right now. It. Yeah, I just saw them talking about that. So, well, let's just say all the people that are doing all the grape all the picking, all the harvesting right now. Well, they're the ones that created that wealth, right? Yeah. They're the ones that created that money. Surely. But what they didn't see was uh, right around the time when I was born was my dad taking out a, like a $500,000 loan to buy some ground. They didn't see millions and millions of dollars going into farm equipment over, over the years. They didn't see you front tens of thousands of dollars to buy seed and chemicals and things like that. They're not there for that. They didn't whatsoever. see you out there pruning grapes. They didn't see me out there <laughs> for nothing. Or Charlie out there <laughs> yeah. helping plant grapes. I got paid. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> you just I got paid too. He paid he paid me most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a they don't see that part. So for the 20 people that are working for my dad right now to go up to him and say, "Hey, we created this. You didn't create this." What the F are you talking about when yeah. you say that? You have no idea what you're talking about. The only reason why we can't finish that word is because our moms listen to this that's show. That's the only reason. <laughs> that is literally the only reason. Because so, that's, that's how mad I get sometimes. I literally, I do not think I have cursed in front of either one of my parents ever. Ever? Just out, you know, just out of respect. I know. I have. You know? On accident. Well, actually, it's because I don't curse. And they've just seen, you know, I don't have to hold anything back. <clears throat> well, so we all can't be... We all can't be like Jesus. I take like you, Nate. <laughs> I think actually my my mom walked up on me um, tearing into someone one time. I'm pretty sure while I was yeah, I, I think so. But we don't talk about that. Yeah. So um, let's see. Um, and the other thing you have to think about is like if you have a job right now, you know, like who do you if that business goes away, like who do you work for then? Yeah. Like. You know? <laughs> What's it? I think the majority of Americans work for small business owners where it's like, it's like 60 something percent of people work yeah. for a small business it's like where there's like what? 10 to a hundred employees. Yeah. Yeah. Normally that's less than 50 or it's less than $250,000. It's like the income or something right. like that. So, so um, it's like not like, 
Most of your business owners in America aren't getting rich, let me tell you. No, no, they're really not. They work for a living. Like that, they're making that, you know, a business owner, your wealthy business owner is someone that can leave and everything keeps moving on its own and they keep taking the money and everything's, you know, everything's great. You know, that most of your business owners, if they leave the job, the business shuts down. Nothing happens after that. That's the bulk of your business owners. So a lot, a lot of people uh, go from working for a boss that they hate and not making much money to becoming a boss that other people hate and not making very much money. That's just pretty much how it goes. And the other thing, it's a massive risk. Like a lot of people don't start businesses because they have families to take care of. And, you know, you're not guaranteed a paycheck when you start a business. You're just not. No. Like, so when you have a business, it, it all depends on what your income is for that month and then what can you take out but keep the business going and keep the business growing because if you're not growing, then you're dying. Yeah. And so, you know, I have friends that recently started a business and they talk about the, the fear that they had when starting this because they have kids and they're married and, and I have a kid and it's like you have to put food on the table. Like you still have to survive and you're not guaranteed anything. Yeah. And they're taking like a tiny, tiny proportion of successful business owners. Very small. Very, very small number of them and saying that, oh, well, it's not fair. It's like, well, that's not the majority of business owners. No, well, even the normal status, there's 28 million businesses in the U.S. I mean, the ones that trade publicly on the stock exchange, there's like 10,000 of them. There's 10,000, and half of those aren't even profitable. Yeah. So it's... It's a very, very small portion. So like 5,000 of the 28 million are like greatly successful and like, profitable. Yeah. Mate, that's still not as many, you know? So, all right, switch gears. Charlie, can you switch to climate change for me? Yes. Are you ready? You ready? I'm ready. You ready for the Green New Deal? Best money we could ever spend. <laughs> Sandy in New York City. Okay, mm -hmm. look at with 40 plus billion dollars in damage, lives, tons of lives lost. We have to change. This is the way buildings are one of the biggest emitters out there. We have to do something about it. this law in New York City is the toughest. Give me the, the materials. World. What are the alternatives? I will materials? happily get you a list of building materials. You don't have the list. But the point I'm making to you is mm -hmm. if we do the status quo, we are endangering the future of this city and this nation. Okay, period. so that means tens and hundreds of millions of dollars in additional cost to build a new building and retrofit an old building. Hang on. Those costs will be put on the, so, the residents of New York. So you want to do nothing? And say I want to do so, nothing. So wait, you're not giving me an answer. Okay. So by the way, he so New York they they pass this thing. Basically, you can't build a new building using uh, majority steel or glass. Oh, yeah, you just yeah build your building. Just you know, don't use that. Also, we're trying to save the forest, so not many trees either. Can't really do that that much. And you can't. So what build, do you build it out of? That's the thing that that's why Hannity's asking them like give me the materials that that's they have not put forth what all the materials are, are going to be. Were you ever in like one of those math leagues where you like you know do some engineering and stuff like, like the Olympiads? Yeah, you I ever, love those things. Yeah, you remember like building a spaghetti bridge? Uh, so I I don't know if I did the spaghetti bridge, but I know what you're talking about. Well, yeah, so that's what our bridges should be made out of now. Spaghetti, spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, we just, just need to Olympiad that. Right, exactly. <laughs> you just have to engineer it properly and then uh then you're good to go well, who wouldn't want to drive over spaghetti do you remember what they what they were estimating the cost of the green new deal to be like no it, I, I, like a hundred trillion over 10 years or something like 92 that. trillion 92 trillion yeah, 92 trillion dollars over 10 years 
Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, so over nine, 10 years. 9.2 trillion a year. Yeah. Oh, well, it's just three times the amount of money that we're currently taking them in taxes. What yeah. what is it if you tax everyone in America at 100%? You um, would get what? 5 6 well, trillion? I don't know what the total GDP is. Uh I'm going to I'm going to blank on that right now. It's in the so in the teens of trillions and then they're taking in, you know, like 3.5 off of the actual stuff, but I, I don't know what the actual number is. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, the Green New Deal, which was Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez came out, you know, after being in Congress for like three days, uh, came out and said that she wanted to drastically change everything because of climate change. And the world's going to end in 12 years. 12 years is the new official number. So, well, I guess less than that now because that was announced like six months ago. The good thing is, all you got to do is elect the right president and the world will be saved. Right. You know, that's all you got to do. That'll that'll take care of it. But uh, I wanted to talk about some of these crazy, catastrophic weather events that we've been having. And they're due to climate change, by the way. These weather events, they're not mistakes, Sean. Okay. This stuff is flooding the wildfires. It's happening because of global warming. We can't go on this way. In the 70s, you can look at Time magazine okay. and it said... So, these weather events... This flooding, these wildfires, the hurricanes, they're happening because of global warming. Yeah. Do you know, uh, I, I did some research earlier, you know, in the, I searched uh, most, uh, the biggest hurricanes on record. Do you know what uh, number one is? It was like 1907, something it's, like uh, that? It's the Galveston hurricane yeah. in 1900. 1900, yep. Was the year that that happened. Now... I, the thing I would have to ask is, actually, we'll look at number two. Do you know what number two was? I don't. This is a Florida hurricane that, in parentheses, is Lake, uh, what is that, Okeechobee. Um, that was in 1928. Hmm. So, uh, and then also, of the 10 hottest years on record, two of them were 1921 and 1934. Now, the, the rest of them were like in the 90s and 2000s. Yeah. But what happened in 1921 that made it made it hottest year on record at that point in time? What happened between 1900 and 2000 or no, 1900 and 1930? Yeah. Cuz that the that 30 years there seems to be another span of global warming somehow. I guess so. But this is the crazy thing like the biggest hurricane ever on record. We'll go we'll go over the on record quotations right there uh and how long that record is. But um the biggest hurricane ever on record was in the year 1900. How can you blame hurricanes that happen right now on global warming? Right. They're not even the biggest hurricanes on record. <laughs> well, there's just more of them, Nate, obviously. I we guess so. Way more spinning up. I guess so. This stuff, this, it, it's common sense, and it mm -hmm. drives me nuts when people just are spouting irrational, nonsensical, illogical things over and over again. Because if you tell a lie enough times, eventually people will start to believe it, and they know that. Right. Is the problem. You know, what's funny is, is that um, the UN has done a couple studies on this. Jordan Peterson talks a lot about this. Um, as societies get richer, they start to care more about the environment. And what we've seen over the years is that we really don't need government mandates. You know, like I think Kroger has decided to stop producing plastic bags, mm -hmm. right? Yep. All on their own. We Like we don't need government to come in and save us. Like as human beings, we have always figured out, I mean, we've lasted this long. Yeah. We've always figured out, um, a way to, to stave off, let's say the, the catastrophe, even though we almost created our own Yeah, in the cold war <laughs> yeah. with, with launching nukes. But 
you know, we've had, you know, massive volcano eruptions that have created nuclear type winters. You know, we've had all of these natural things that happen way back in the day. We know for a fact that it, the earth has been way hotter than it is today. Yeah. Now I don't know. I, I, I do think that as Elon Musk put it, there's something to be said about taking carbon out of the ground and putting it in the air. Yeah. Can't be a good thing. I'll, no. I I but agree with that. What at what degree is it actually causing harm to the environment, and and how long do we actually have? And the problem with these the the global warming or the climate change models is that as you go out like five, six, ten, fifteen, twenty years, it just keeps getting like the the errors keep building, and so there's no way to actually predict what's going to happen, and we have no idea how much we're we're causing damage. But as I said before. The richer a society gets, the more they start to care. Like, I appreciate that, although it's annoying, I would say, um, to have to get your emissions checked, it's nice to drive through Nashville and not, like, have smog, you know? Like, it's not it's not good to breathe that stuff in. You look at other, like, third world countries like China and stuff. Well, not third world, but, yeah, you know, if you go to other places that have a lot of smog, like, that's not, it smells bad, you know? It's not it's, good. And you can't see as well. So those types of things, I would say, like, aren't good. But as the society gets richer, like America has, like we've taken care of some of those things, some by regulation and some by people inventing new ways to do things. Well, and that's kind of the other point I wanted to bring up is you you always have to ask yourself is who's better suited to take care of this problem? You know, what what does the government normally do a good job at? Are they the most efficient? Are they the most effective at doing things? Because you also have people like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or Bill Gates, people like that, that they make a lot of money and then they decide that they're going to do things to help. Or like you look in the case of Elon Musk and look at, look at Tesla. Like his, his mission is to, is to make electric cars like the thing. And the way that he wanted to do that was there was this stigma attached to electric cars that they're just <laughs> little wimpy cars that, you know, didn't have any power and they couldn't do anything like that. He created an electric car that at one point in time had to do a software update to reduce its torque because it had too much. Like the, he, So he went out there and produced an electric car that everyone knows is insanely fast. And, mm-hmm. and so he's out there inventing this, inventing these amazing electric cars, this new technology, and then he's driving a market where other people are trying to compete with him now. And and that's a good thing. You got BMW putting out those kind of cars and Mercedes and, and all these people putting out really powerful electric cars. You, have you seen that Tesla truck, man? Oh, yeah, yeah. That I have seen that. so sweet. I love what he said about the Tesla Semi was that he wanted um, the Tesla Semi was strong enough that it could do a tug of war with a normal Semi and it would pull the, norm, the normal Semi up a hill. <laughs> like that's that's his... That's his vision with the Tesla semi. It's, it's always amazing. It's always about having tons of power because the biggest knock he thinks on the electric vehicles is that they don't they don't have any power, and we got to have that power. I think the best example is SpaceX. Yeah, like <clears throat> like SpaceX has made NASA look retarded. Yeah, actual men- mental yeah. retardation. And you know what's crazy is the profit motive has has uh, what would you say has has generated this need for efficiency yeah no one ever had the idea of flying rockets back to the earth and reusing them until elon musk said or at least the people that work for him were like man we could save you know 20 million dollars that's a lot of money we could save that if we just maybe spend five million 
to figure out how to land these back and reuse them. Yeah. No one's ever thought of that in the history of NASA, which has been around since the 40s, 50s. Yeah. I think 50s. I think the 50s. Yeah. And no one's ever thought about that the longest time. And then what NASA has this program that's trying to get us back to the moon, but they're like a billion dollars over budget. Yeah. Years. And they're th- now they're thinking about contracting SpaceX or uh, Blue Origin. Yeah. Uh, out to do it because they they can't figure it out. It's just it's unbelievable. It's just absolutely ridiculous. It's the best example of how the private market can even do the craziest things we've ever done as human beings a thousand times better than government ever could. Yeah, and a couple things on that that on the obviously flying the rockets back to the launch pad is that's such an amazing idea. It's an environmentally friendly idea. It's a efficient idea. Um. My what I always say after that is the coolest part was they didn't just stop at flying the rockets back to the launch pad. They were like, you know, where we could save even more money, save massive fuel costs. We'll save so much in fuel because the Earth spins and the rocket goes up at an arc. Why don't we just put a boat out in the ocean so the rocket can just go straight back down to the boat instead of having to fly all the way back to the launch pad? We could save the the uh, boat fuel is way cheaper than the rocket fuel. Mm-hmm. So why don't we just put a boat out there and invent this drone boat? And man, it has a hilarious name. I can't remember the name of the drone boat. Um, We'll put this boat out there that the rocket can come straight down and land on to save a little bit more money. Like as it's moving. Yeah. And this, so do you know, um, so (laughs) SpaceX um, charges $60 million to send a satellite in the space. Do Do you know what it costs for NASA to do it? I'd say probably two hundred million. Six hundred and sixty million. Oh jeez. For NASA to do it. And That's they a- weren't flying the rockets back to the launch pad or onto a cool boat out in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Six hundred and sixty million dollars. Now maybe that's just outside of your world and you don't <laughs> pun maybe maybe that's just outside of your wheelhouse and um you know you just don't care about that because that's satellites okay well do you use your phone you ever use a gps before mm-hmm. you interact with anything that uses communication systems ever Google. okay well then you should care how much it costs to put a satellite in the space and it's 10 percent of the cost that it used to be because we let a private company do it so back we're on the environment thing now so that's environmentally friendly um Jeff Bezos has came out and said that his his goal from his winnings with Amazon, that's what he called it, just a step. He's got a 200-year time horizon that he thinks on. That's how he thinks. And his goal is to make it eventually where Earth is just a residential, just zoned residential planet, and that we harvest energy from out in space, that we put massive solar panels, <coughs> these massive cells out in space, gathering solar energy and then bringing it back to earth to use for energy and so you have these guys that are thinking up stuff like things that, that could actually change everything and they're just evil greedy capitalists that are out yeah. there you know <clears throat> bill gates is trying to get rid of malaria yeah he's curing Africa. diseases how crazy is that man what a terrible person yeah crazy so uh on the time horizon you know i, I mentioned we talk about how many years on record well we've been measuring accurately since the year 1895 for temperatures for temperature and they were measuring the the wind speeds on the hurricanes too so 
No, no, wait. That was actually in the mid 1900s. It was 1895 for the temperatures. Yeah. So, um, anyway, that's 124 years. 124 years. Yeah, it's good math. How long will the bulk of scientists say Earth has been here? About 3.2 billion years. So 4.54 billion years. Oh, it's up. 4.54. That's what I. That's okay. what I. That's what I found. So 4.54 billion years of time that Earth has been whirling around the sun. Back when it was just a little infant. And we've and we've measured accurately 124 years. That is in fact point zero 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 two percent of the amount of time that Earth has been here. That we know about. That we know about. That's how long they've been ac- accurately measuring temperatures. Point zero 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 two percent So I went ahead and put this in something you could kind of imagine, too. <clears throat> let's look at it in a... Let's put it in the feet. We're going to put it in the feet. 124 versus 4.54 billion in feet. 124 feet is going to get you about right out to the road that's in front of your house. That's where it's going to put you. 4.54 billion is going to take you to the moon and back four times. Four times. Four times. Yeah. Well, uh, can you walk? Um, I guess you can if you want to. Yeah. I think if you is get half, stairway to if you get halfway there, I think the moon does the rest. Mm. I'm pretty sure. But um, so that's the different. That's if you want to look at your years and some kind of a physical thing. We've measured out to the road in front of your house. That's what we've measured. But in time that's actually happened, it goes all the way to the moon and back four times. Now, how can you look at those years and tell me that what's happening right now is obviously a product of climate change, that we have the worst weather, we've we got the worst wildfires we've ever had, the worst hurricanes we've ever had, hottest years ever on record. How can an honest scientist look at 124 years worth of data and then say that they can give an accurate representation that they know for a fact that this is the worst wildfire that's ever happened Mm -hmm. or the hottest year ever on record. How? Well, you know what's crazy about forest fires is they're actually necessary. They are. What's (laughs) what's also necessary is that you don't build your house in the middle of a forest. Yeah. Like that's the unnatural part. Right. Sorry, not to be, uh, you know, insensitive. Right. Don't build your house next to the ocean. You're not supposed to do that. Right. That it goes up and down. Bad weather happens around there. Yeah. It's not a good thing. Or it, don't build it below sea level. Yeah. Like, don't don't build an entire city below sea level. Yeah. New Orleans. Just don't do it. Yeah. That, that, that's, a, that's a stupid idea. Yeah, we keep bailing them out over and over and over and over and over again. Well, um, what's his name? John Stossel had a story, and this was in Basic Economics also. Uh, I have to mention that in the contract. stipulates that I mentioned Basic Economics in every, con- in every podcast. So... Um, <laughs> So in that, he talks about John Stossel building his house next to the ocean. His John Stossel's dad told him, don't build your house next to the ocean. It's going to get flooded. And he said, I don't, I don't care if, it, if I build next to the ocean. Like, the, the government's just going to build me a new one, you know? Yeah. And so what happened was it, it did get flooded, and they did build him a new house. You know what happened after that? Got flooded it again. It got flooded again, and then they built him a new house. Yeah. So it this, this, this idea that... Um, these places are dangerous and, and this is climate change and we have to stop it. 
it's actually really stupid to go build your house in a terrible location, like in the middle of, I mean, right next to an ocean where there are hurricanes. <laughs> right. Things like that. Underneath sea level. You can't really escape anything, though. I mean, wherever, no. wherever you go. Be a tornado like, here, something like that. <clears throat> There's tornadoes in the Midwest. Yeah. We live on a fault line. We haven't had a major earthquake in a while, but I yeah. think one of the biggest earthquakes, it actually, the Mississippi flowed backwards, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> like, the one of the biggest rivers in the United States. I think it is the biggest is, river, isn't it? Is yeah. Yeah. It flowed backwards for a few years. <laughs> like, it went north. That's weird. That's <laughs> because weird of a massive, massive earthquake in the, it was the early 1900s, I think, too. Um, in California, you're on a fault line there, the desert, whatever you've got, I think flooding monsoons that happen there sometimes too. You've got, ah, it doesn't matter where you live in the North. You got negative 40 temperatures, <laughs> you know, like that's the thing. Mother nature's here to take you out. Let yeah, me tell you. True. <laughs> it's, there's all kinds of crazy phenomenons that happen that you can't, uh, really predict. And it doesn't matter where you live. There's always going to be something. Um, and that's what insurance is for, right? <laughs> I guess yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> it's in case. Yep. Yeah. Like Chris Rock would tell you. Yeah. Um, so what would you do about climate change? Then, Charlie, I just hear you naysaying a whole bunch. I mean, you you haven't introduced one single plan. <laughs> you don't care what you, the best option is just to do nothing? No. Okay. No, I don't think that is the best option. I think, again, you do what you can to... Um, you do what you can to make sure that your family thrives. Yeah. And then if you have anything left over after that, then you you, you do your part to yeah. care for the environment. Because, I, I mean, we all do live here. So I think we've got some sort of obligation. Um, you know, like if your everyday life is like we just – we haven't eaten in a week and we kind of need to eat, well, then you're not going to care much about the environment. Yeah, not at all. I'd, you're you're going to be like – uh, we need to eat because if you die, then you can't care about the environment anyway. Mm -hmm. You're just gonna, you, you like most, and in fact, I think this is a hundred percent accurate. All dead people don't do anything. That's true. Yeah, I mean, as far as I know, right? A hundred percent of dead people cannot care about the environment, yeah, and most people are dead. Yeah, like a lot, the bulk of them right. actually. So, so if you're alive and you have plenty to eat and you've got enough leftover or whatever then i think that you should have you should do something to like maybe you turn your lights off in your house when you're not in a room you know <laughs> like that's a simple thing that you can do but if everybody did that well we would lose we would use we would burn less coal let's say yeah or if you're wildly successful like elon musk or jeff bezos then you can come up with new and inventive ways to make uh, alternative energy let's say uh, cheaper for well, everyone else. That's like, what I think. That's exactly gonna, what Musk is doing. That's what I think is going to fix the problem. Is on the, it, maybe it sounds it sounds like something I would say, but free market capitalism can fix this problem because we cheaper, have faster, and better. We have the the cheaper, faster, and better we get, the more solutions we're going to come up with, and the more prosperity there is around the world. Charlie mentioned this earlier. The more prosperity there is around the world, I mean, you think how many people out of every million or every billion end up being Elon Musk or end up being Jeff Bezos, you know? Not very many. Not very many. Um, so one thing I see Elon Musk is working on, and I think Bezos too, but they're working on getting internet around the entire world. 
you know, they're sending up the, he's sent up like 30 something satellites at one time um, to try and get broadband internet to the entire world. And I almost think is him being his worldview that he is and the very smart person that he is, is he, you're searching for more people like him, more people like, like Bezos. And the, the more prosperity you bring to the world, which is what capitalism has been doing, then the more people you will have that can get information from the internet that can go to school, can not have to worry about how they're going to eat every day. Like Charlie was saying, they can start to ponder other things during mm -hmm. the day. And eventually, maybe you'll find three or four more Jeff Bezoses or Elon Musks in, in Africa. This is how evolution works. Yeah, you, you'll find some more. You'll find some more of those people, and they'll come up with more, even better things than than what they're coming up with. And the the cheaper and faster and better that we make everything, the more things we'll come up with. Allow capitalism to make solar energy at cheap enough that people will want to use it. It's already a cool idea. You just put panels on your house, and you just you get to use your own electricity. It's a great idea. Which reminds me of Thomas Massey did a YouTube video, a guy who has a degree from MIT, uh, really, really smart, probably as smart as, you know, Musk and those types of guys. Uh, he's a congressman for Kentucky, and he converted his house over to a Tesla battery-powered house. <laughs> so he went and he he was running acid batteries, and he, I think he pays like, I don't know, $4 a month for electricity because everything's battery-powered, essentially. Um, and I think, I think Thomas Massey has like 15 or 16 patents or something like that. He's, he's an inventor it's as more, well. I think it's like 60 or 70, 60 actually. or 70. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot. Really smart guy. Um, obviously MIT is, is not a, it's pretty hard to get in there, but he, what he did is he went and found an old wrecked Tesla and bought the battery from it for like, I don't know, $10,000 or something like that. And then literally wired his house up to the Tesla, Tesla battery to be more efficient and nice. almost doesn't have an electric bill. <laughs> so like he's doing his part, let's say in, you know, converting most of his house over to, uh, let's say solar type of energy that's stored in a Tesla battery and to where he, his house is not burning as much coal. Yeah. That's pretty cool. The people are working on a solution for this. That's the moral of the story. People are coming <laughs> up with it. Even Musk, I keep mentioning he's got solar roof, you know, he's got a company instead of buying, you know, your normal shingles that you see on top of your house. They're like solar panels that are used instead of that just cover your entire roof. Mm -hmm. So amazing. I mean, because you already spend like ten grand on your roof anyway, right? You know, so you might as well spend. You know, it's gonna be a lot more than that. But hey, you might as well have solar panels and be be taking care of that. So here's I mean, the other cool thing I want people to think about. You mentioned that we've only been accurately, you know, taking the temperature for 124 years. Well, in all of human history. Capitalism has only existed for about 230-something years, technically yeah. as like a, a society type of thing. And to think about how far we have come, if you think about all of human history, which is a few hundred thousand years, we, we used to live in trees and, you know, we didn't really have houses or anything like that. And then there was like, you know, feudalism period and there was such slow growth. And then all of a sudden... We had this idea that people were intrinsically valuable, they had intrinsic value, and that they are made in the image of God, let's say. Um, and then from there, we decided that they could have property rights, 
and in America you were you were to take care of yourself and your family and because they tried the whole commune thing we talked about that a couple mm-hmm. of years ago the whole pilgr- pilgrimage story but you give people a purpose and a meaning for their life to take care of themselves and their family and in 230 something years we've created the greatest society human beings have ever seen ever yeah in such a short period of time like why would we not look at the historical data of that and say while capitalism isn't perfect and there are a few people that can take advantage and be greedy look at what it's done for the most amount of people in human history yeah it's um, it's you can't even hold a candle like not no even other close. system can even come close to the level of life that humans are afforded because of capitalistic uh, endeavors. Yeah. It's not even close. No, you can't even, I mean, if you looked at, if you put it on like a line on a graph and you measured like tech, technological advances and stuff like that, it would just be like a flat line for like 300,000 years. It would basically look, a horse pulled a wagon that had wheels on it. And it's like that. It just looked like that. That was technology. That was it. That was all we had. And then all of a sudden, it spiked all the way up to, okay, are we going to get to Mars in 2022? Right. You know? Like, in just a very small amount of time. And you have to look at what was the change in that time. Well, like Charlie said, humans became intrinsically valuable. We gained the right to create and to trade value with one another and to... uh, mutually benefit from that transaction to get something that we deemed more valuable than what we had, which is what capitalism is. And in that time we went from, okay, well you got your horse and it takes you weeks to get over the country. And you know, you might die on the way there to all of a sudden, gosh, dang it. My round trip flight is 300 bucks. Come on. Yeah. This is ridiculous. You know, we can actually fly. We can fly. Yeah. That's, we can fly. Last time I checked, horses can't. Unicorns can, but I don't yeah. think they exist. Not actually. anymore. Yeah. They're just a, in, back in the old days. Yeah. Yeah. Volcano must have taken them out with the dinosaurs. Well, de Blasio obviously thinks that the government should be here to take care of everything for you. This includes, this includes making sure that you maintain your weight, stay healthy, you know? Can't have those big gulps in New York anymore. Can't have salt on the table. We'll see what we think about that. So insane. It's, it's crazy. Insane. Well, why did Mayor Bloomberg take away salt shakers from the tables? I'm a big guy. I'm a smart guy. I'd like to make that decision on my own. I don't drink big gulps, but don't you think people should have the choice if they want to drink them to drink them? I actually believe in freedom, but I think there are some very... Thank you. I want you to know... You don't want there, big I, gulps. No, listen. But there are some very <laughs> common sense things we do. Now, listen. You don't make it easy for a kid to drink a huge amount of soda. They want to buy soda, they can buy soda, but they don't buy the amount of soda that's going to keep making them obese. This just doesn't make sense. Mr. Mayor, I ran. (laughs) So, (laughs) well, like on, you know, on the, as far as like the issue, I I agree. Like, okay, well, you probably shouldn't let a kid drink an an insane amount of soda and become obese and do all that. But whose job, who's freaking job is that to to take care of that you know i have a funny video um from last night actually where my son asked me for another cookie he had already gotten two (laughs) he had two cookies after dinner time which my son's not a great eater anyway 
um, he had had two cookies and he came to me and he said, cookie, please. And I told him no. And he legitimately threw a fit. And my son's yeah. a pretty good kid. He doesn't really throw fits, but he's two. Like they throw fits. <laughs> and he acted like it was the end of the world because I wouldn't let him have another Oreo. So I bought like this big package. This like there's probably what's in a package of Oreos? I don't know. 40, 50 cookies. At least. So there's like there's 40, 50 of them right there. And I only let him have two. Yeah. I think I had like four or five. <laughs> but I'm a big I'm a bigger guy. Yeah. I didn't eat fifty of them because because you should have some self control. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean it's a good thing that Nashville passed that two Oreo maximum law. Otherwise that I way, would have never known. That way, you know, you didn't give him more than two, you know? This is the crazy part. Like, whose job is this to take care of the kids? This goes on to like all of the other issues that we have in society. That's why I brought this clip in here because it's not really just about big gulps and salt in New York. It's like the bigger mentality. Whose job is it to make sure that people are making the right decisions and that children are being raised properly or that they're not becoming obese? You know, who, whose job is it? The government? Who the heck's going to be in control of the government tomorrow? You don't know. How can you tell me that this is the government's job when you don't even know who's in control of the government from year to year? It can't it's, be their job. It's not that obesity isn't a problem, because it is. We actually have a, uh, I said this the other day, we have more of an obesity problem, problem in America than we do uh, people starving to death. Yeah. So obesity is a problem. But here's the entire left's mantra, the entire, everything that they talk about, because we got free healthcare, free education, we're going to take away you know, your plastic bags, and we're going to take away salt shakers and your big gulp sodas. I think, didn't Pennsylvania or Philadelphia pass a sugar tax uh, to try to keep people from, from drinking heavily sugared sodas, which you shouldn't do, by the way. Like, it's not good for your health. You shouldn't be obese. Yeah. But here's what the entire left is saying. Here's all of the problems that we have. Uh, give us all of the responsibility and we'll take care of you. Which. Yeah. Which is an easy message to sell. It's like, hey, you don't have to do anything. Yeah. We're going to do everything for you. And somehow that makes a better society. What we've seen throughout history is that the only way to create a functioning, successful society is you have to take that responsibility onto yourself. And because you know what? Like there are times I, I work out and there are times where I would like a delicious big gulp soda. And I don't want to buy three cans so I can have my big gulp. I want to have one one big one. Like I went to Sonic last night and I got the Route 44. Yeah, so big. With a lot of ice. Yeah. And uh, I didn't even finish it, but I wanted that. <laughs> and so the ice is delicious and I had a big cup of ice and, and soda. And you know what? I worked out hard yesterday. So I felt like I deserved it. <laughs> Why well, why can't I do that? I don't know. Thank the, God I live in Tennessee and not New York. If you're thinking like if if you're someone on the left and you're listening right now, first off, good job. Way to be open. If you're someone on the left and you're listening right now, just thinking on a purely purely evolutionary scale for a species, which one has the best chance of furthering the species? That human beings uh, learn that they need to act responsibly and take care of themselves 
and make sure that they make the right decisions or that human beings have no responsibility and whoever is in control of whatever's inside of the border that they live in, whoever's in control gets to make the decisions and the actual human beings themselves never have to consider any kind of decision-making whatsoever. Like if you look thousands of years down the road, which one of those societies, which one of those species are going to be in better shape? You know, I'm not talking better shape physically. I'm saying like, which one of them are still going to be alive? Because you can't just say, hey, um, you don't ever have to make any decisions. We're going to make them for you. And then that just keeps going generation after generation after generation. You know, now the kids, let's just say if you're in New York, you're, you're going up, there's no big gulps. There's no salt on the table. But you never learn why. You never learn the why behind that. You just learn, I'm, it's not there. I'm not allowed to do it. So you never really learn the principle behind why you're not, which is the, imp the important part, by the way. You shouldn't drink a big gulp because it's got too many calories in it. And if you want to lose weight, you need to consume less calories than what you burn in a day. I don't even like really the lose weight part if you want to be healthy. Yeah, just be healthy. Right. If you want to maintain, you need to have somewhere around the same amount of calories that you're burning every day. They can fluctuate up or down, whichever one. But there's like a principle behind this. But they're not learning that at all. They're just learning, okay, government law stipulates that I cannot have a big gulp when I'm in New York. And then what happens is they grow up and they have kids. And they never have to learn why any of this stuff. And what happens when the governments change hands back and forth between different political parties back and forth over hundreds of years? You know, you're going to end up having generations of people that maybe one day down the road are going to be given complete freedom and not know what the heck to do with it at all. They're just going to destroy themselves because they never had to actually learn why, ever. They never had, had to learn why because the government was just there to make that decision for them all the time. And that is, that is not safe. It's scary that the responsibility should be on you. That's scary. It's risky sometimes. It means you got to make good decisions. And you're probably not very good at doing that. Mm -hmm. I'm not very good at doing that a lot of times I'm not either. It's not like I'm sitting here talking from some perfect standpoint, like I'm perfectly responsible all the time. I'm just like everyone else, only I don't sit around and blame other people for all my problems. Mm -hmm. When I mess something up, it's because I messed something up. That's why. You got to learn from it. Even if you don't. Even if I don't mess something up, I still say, well, what could I have done differently in that point in time? Right. That's your only option. That is the only option that, that <clears throat> means... You could be in control of something being better. Or blame everyone else and live a miserable life. Yeah, just be mad all the time. Just hate every just hate everyone. You're in a bad situation and just be just be angry and put that out there in the world. It's not fair. It's just not fair. All these people fair. are taking advantage of you, you know? Just see how that see how that does for see how that does for the world when there's that much anger all the time. And this is the honestly the biggest thing that grinds my gears is that people constantly choose feelings over facts, logic, and data. Mm -hmm. If you look throughout history, well, one, if you just look at history like and look at the data and the facts that come from it, two, you look at any time the government has ever banned anything. Like I guarantee you there's going to be a big gulp in a salt shaker black market now. Yeah. It's going to be more expensive to get your salt in a restaurant because a server will have to slide it to you like slide of hand <laughs> you'll have to get some extra cash for it 
And uh, here's a little bump of salt for you, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) This ought to get your blood pressure going. (laughs) You're going to feel a little flushed. Oh, man. But, but. But essentially, if you look at when government banned alcohol, what well, what happened? Well, people just kept drinking alcohol. You look at when government banned drugs. Well, look look at what's happened. You know, drugs are still being used. They're in schools. They get they make it into prison of all places. Um, you know, murder's illegal still, and people murder people. I was in an argument the other day with a guy who was saying there was this meme that was posted. It's like that. America has had a drug war for 47 years and you can't keep drugs off the street. They can't keep drugs uh, out of schools and they can't keep drugs out of prison. Yet you expect me to give up my guns and a gun ban. um, And you're going to somehow keep criminals from getting guns. And it's like, well, this has no logic unless you think drugs should be legal. And I'm like, wait, it's, it's not what you're talking about. There's plenty of logic there. So what we're saying is, is that government is not competent enough to ban anything and keep people from doing what they want to do. Yeah. Because that's what's going to happen. All you do is create violence in a black market. That's all you do. Yeah. And so if you look at, let's let's take drugs, for example, really quickly. In places like, I believe it was Portugal, wasn't it? Yeah. Portugal decriminalized all drugs, all of them, heroin, meth, all these bad drugs that you shouldn't be using, by the way. <coughs> it's not good for a meaningful and purpose, like uh, purpose-driven life. Can you do sodium there? I think so. <laughs> what they've done is they've de- decriminalized all of them, which has drastically reduced their violence. It's drastically reduced their overdoses, and they're actually saving people's lives. And they set up they set up centers where centers centers where people can actually use uh, illicit drugs responsibly where they can save their lives and hopefully wean them off and rehab them to where they become productive citizens again. And if you look at just the numbers, I don't have them in front of me, but God, just go look it up for a second. We've had this illegal drug war and a lot of countries have had this, right? And it creates all this violence. It creates a black market. People still use it. It's all kinds of crazy stuff. You look at a country that had a really bad drug problem. They ended up decriminalizing all drugs. And now the numbers are astronomically different. The data is clear. So it's Republicans and Democrats, you know, because Republicans are more about the drug war than, than the liberals are. But each side, you have to stop thinking with emotions. And I know that's hard to do. God, it's ridiculously hard to do because when something in life happens or you think about something, your first reaction is emotion. Your brain just like explodes with, you know, like Nate and I, we were listening to this stuff earlier and it's just like immediately you have this emotional reaction of anger. But if you take a step back to think about things, look at things logically, look at data, look at the research and see what's actually happening. And you follow that logic to its conclusion, we can create better things. And so government banning these types of things isn't going to save anyone. It just makes, it just creates a black market and makes things worse. That's all it does. (laughs) I was looking at, Drug-related, drug-induced deaths of people age 15 to 64 per million population. You know who number two, as far as least amount of drug-induced deaths, who number two is? Is, uh, I don't know, Portugal? Portugal. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who's who's beating them? Uh, let's see. Romania. Hmm. I don't know. A lot of responsible people there, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. 
Uh, this one only shows the top 20, and the United States is not even in the top 20 as far as least amount. So I wonder, that's not good. And I wonder what Portugal was like 10 years ago, because yeah, they did know. this, I think, five or six years ago. Yeah. And yeah. they were probably way high up there. I know they were, because like, I've looked at the data before. And again, I don't have it in front of me. I didn't plan on talking about that. But it's just, it's funny if you actually look at not the intention of policy. If you look at the actual results and the data of policy, then you can see the benefits. Yeah. It's just like capitalism versus any other system. Sure, capitalism sucks. It's just way better than any other system we could <laughs> devise. And if you can come up with something better, democratic socialism isn't it, by the way. But if you can come up with a better system, then I'm all ears. But there isn't one. Not there yet. There isn't one. Not that we know of. No. Nope. One Unless more. we find angels or something. I don't know. Well, keep looking. We'll keep looking <laughs> for them. One more. This is kind of maybe a little bit more lighter, kind of funnier note here. But one of the more uh, funny hypocritical things um, as far as the leftist ideology and it's uh, com- completely hit, which most ideologies have hypocritical things in their nature. You know, they, they definitely do. So I'm picking on leftist right now for sure. But listen to listen to this. See see if you can pinpoint what I pick, what I picked out here. No, they picked my diet over yours. So you want to get them to have a healthier diet. There's a lot, but it, I really emphasize. But you know they would pick young, my diet over yours. Reaching kids young with I these kind it. of things helps a lot. But you know they pick my diet over yours. So you want you want a bunch of kids deciding the fate of their diet. I would listen to So they're arguing back and forth because they've got a new meatless Monday. I know know where you're going with this. So he says that they've got to reach them young and they've got to make sure that they have better health. And Hannity's saying, you know, they would pick my diet plan over yours. And he responds with, so you want kids to be in charge of their own fate and their diets. I know where you're going with this. Can I say it? Yeah, go ahead. They can choose their de- gender. <laughs> yeah. at, they they can choose their year, gender when they're three years at old. Three years old, but they can't <laughs> decide what they want to eat. So he sits there like laughing with a smirk on his face about, so you want kids to be in control of their diets? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, there's no narrative. There's no logic. It doesn't matter. There's no consistent principle ever. No, there's, it doesn't matter to the left. Everything, it's it's complete. You know, if if libertarianism is objectivism then the leftist side is subjectivism yes meaning there is no principle it's every situation is different all the time and it's whatever you feel like at that that moment i feel like we should control kids diets so they'll be healthier you don't want them in charge of what their diets are going to be come on that's ridiculous but sure they can pick their gender when they're three years old we sure. Ha- I'm going to find this video that we have to play. Okay. It is a video that it's some kind of like, I think democratic socialist type of social justice warrior meeting that was going on. Well, I don't like any of those words. And it's just absolutely hilarious. Uh, what, how this meeting, um, how this meeting went because you'll just have to hear it because okay. it's, it's what they do is they, uh, they start off the meeting by saying that people are like triggered by certain sounds and stuff like that. So please be quiet. Like don't clap, raise your hands because some people are sensitive to clapping and they're trying to create this perfect environment where they don't offend anyone or do anything. 
So uh, it's oh, it's the Democratic Socialist. So I just right. want, I don't know how long it is. I think it's like three or four minutes long, but. This is a basically a democratic socialist meeting where they're trying to pander to everybody's sensitivity. It's hilarious. First of all, James Jackson, Sacramento, he, him. I just want to say, <laughs> he, can him. You please keep the chatter to a minimum. I'm one of the people who's very, very prone to sensory overload. There's a lot of whispering and chatter going on. It's making it very difficult for me to focus. Please, can we just, I know it's, we're all fresh and ready to go, but can we please just keep the chatter to a minimum? It's affecting my ability to focus. Thank you. Thank you, comrade. Okay, is there a speaker against name, point chapter, pronoun? Privilege. Point of personal privilege. Yes. Please do not use gendered language to, to address everyone. Okay. Quick point of privilege once okay. again. Quick point of privilege once again. Hi, James Jackson, Sacramento DSA, he, him. I have already asked people to be mindful of the chatter of their comrades who are sensitive to sensory overload, and that goes double for the heckling and the hissing. It is also triggering to my anxiety. Like, the be comradely doesn't ju isn't just for like, you know, let's keep things civil or whatever. It's so that people aren't gonna get triggered and so that it doesn't affect their performance as a delegate. Like I see that no one's clapping for me. It could be because I'm not engaging, but it also is because everyone's doing this. And that's really important. He's raising Because those hands. loud bursts of noise, even though this is a noisy space, when we can do something like reducing that, that's really important. So please don't clap, shoot up these. We have a lot of disabled comrades and uh, a lot of those are invisible disabilities. You don't know who it is uh, that is having a more difficult time navigating this space, and this space was not created with all of their needs in mind, so it's up to us <laughs> to modify that space to make sure that uh, everybody is able to move in the ways that they need to move. Um, and, and additionally, with the, um, the noise issue, like avoid hissing, avoid waving banners, right? Um, because those, there's, there's all sorts of things. If you don't know what to do, show up these, right? I'm sure there's lots of ways that we can communicate to what each other without to needing to rely on something uh, that's going to hurt somebody else. We have quiet rooms that are available. There's a range of options of these, right? Please don't go into that space with anything that's like an aggressive scent, for instance, right? <laughs> we don't want to put people in stressful situations that they don't consent to, right? And we, there are um, right-wing infiltrators who are trying to get in here, but it's going to be really traumatic for people if we're not making an affirmative effort to de-escalate each other like and de-escalate ourselves, right? Take a deep breath. And feel better before you say anything. <laughs> Don't really talk to anybody who doesn't have a creden credential, especially if you claim to be from the press. You have no idea who that person is. Please do not talk to anybody who identifies themselves as a member of the press without having uh, credentials. Um, don't talk to cops. Don't talk to MAGA assholes. All, we're almost there. Just uh, this, but thank you. Um, we are going to be visited tomorrow um, by some MAGA protesters. Um, is there anybody here who's done abortion clinic escort work? By all means, don't talk to cops if there are cops there for any reason at all, right? Um, and if you do see someone talking to cops, uh, let the marshals know. Um, we, are, we are safe and we are strong because there's power in collective, uh, in collective work. <laughs> we are safe and strong because oh, there's man. power and collective work. A couple of my, well, probably the most favorite was the quiet rooms. Yeah. Please do not go in there with anything that might offend someone like uh, an aggressive sense. Aggressive sense. <laughs> <laughs> like this is, there's no, 
this is just an example of how like extreme it gets where there's no cohesive logic. It's yeah. like everyone's feelings and what they feel in that moment and you can't offend anybody and like the wooing offends somebody. I mean that guy like yelled he yelled at everybody saying that this is triggering my anxiety, all the hissing yeah. and chatter. It's like my God, like what about their freedom to express themselves the way that they want? What if I'm triggered by idiots using the microphone? Right. You know? What if I don't even like microphones because yeah. it's too loud? Exactly. It's, it's, there's no way. I didn't see anyone doing sign language next to the stage, by the way. I know. Uh, uh, that's very offensive. That's very offensive. I can't believe that they would. What about people that are actually deaf attending that? I know. They're only catering to the blind at this event. Right. That's it. <laughs> that's it. This is. The, I saw that the other day and I could not stop laughing. <laughs> it's just that's that's where they want to lead us. By the way, that's democratic socialism. Yep, you. That's the thing. That's when you how take, we all become safe with the, with the collective uh, thought. When you take all that into account, every single little thing, then eventually you just can't do anything. You can't move. No, you can't talk. You can't move. You can't clap. Can't build a house. You can't use cologne. Can't drive. You can't do anything. Which I'm okay with the cologne thing if like it means people can't use brute. You know, <laughs> that's fine. So you're fine with the government banning yeah. brute? I'm. You know what? I don't normally sign up for stuff like that, but but uh, red flag brute laws. Are you getting I think uh, are totally signatures fine. for this? Yeah, gathering change dot org. <laughs> yeah, we'll go in there to, to outlaw brute. Do you remember when we used to have our little brute fights? Oh god, it used to be a thing in our band. Uh, one of our previous bands that Charlie and I were in together. That it was just like this ongoing joke that when someone wasn't, you know, when they would least expect it. You would start showering, showering them with brute, chase each other down, chase with each a other around with it, and trying to get it all over them, and it just became a joke for years. Like that, kind of everyone, you just keep a little bottle of brute with you all the time. That way, you could eventually get someone at some point in time and spray brute all over them. It's it was pretty funny. hilarious. I no offense it. to the people out there that use brute. Yeah, and we're sorry if that word offends you. <laughs> also, you know, I shouldn't even brought it up. Actually, right. should have a disclaimer before that. You should. So, but you know, I think that's that's all the clips I had. It's all the clips yeah. I have for today. I, we even threw in an extra one. Bonus at the end clip. Just that's for, your, for free. Just for your listening pleasure. Yeah. So. You should hit subscribe because that means you can hear tomorrow's episode. You don't even why have do you, to remember it. Why do you keep hammering that home? Because here's the important part. The reason I hammer the subscriptions home is that, for one thing, everyone's busy. Like, I'm busy. There's a lot of podcasts that I like. There's a lot of things I like. There's also about a million other things that I do throughout the day. And it's nice to just have that little thing pop up saying, oh, here's the new episode right here. You don't have to listen to it right then. No. But... So the best thing, the reason that this is so important is that all these things that we're talking about, you know, we talked about de Blasio today, but I'm not really even talking about de Blasio because I don't take him seriously, but his ideas represent a massive portion of the population. So the reason that we try to get people to hit subscribe is that the more plays, the more downloads we get, the more money we would, this is evil capitalistic endeavor right here, but the more money we'd be able to take in in ad revenue. And the good part about that is the more ad revenue we would take in, the more we would be able to run ads to bring more people to the program. It would just kind of snowball on its own. Not only that, but invest in liberty organizations like Young Americans for Liberty that yeah. we do. We invest in those guys. Yeah. Look up yaliberty.org. They're doing great work. And if you care about these things, 
first off, hitting subscribe. It doesn't cost you any money or anything. <laughs> You're just doing a little thing. You know, we'll get the download whenever we release a new episode. All of our subscribers already get counted as a download at that point in time. So it's 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 really important if you care about this message to do that because you need more people like us. You need to start your own podcast and your own website also if you've got some of these ideas. Um, we need more people like us out there talking about this. And when you do find someone that talks about these things, support them in any way that you can. Right now we're asking subscribe. You go to goodmorningliberty.us slash shop and we've got, what, like 10 different t-shirt designs on there now? BernieLies.com, Taxation is Theft, um, Shall Not Be Infringed, all, mm-hmm. these different th- all these different t-shirts. And uh, you can actually support that way. But if a good way to support for free is just to hit subscribe. And the, what all this does is it goes to defeating the message of tyranny. Yeah. That's exactly. Because we're in the realm of ideas here. And the only way to do that is to... One, keep talking about the message of liberty and get more people involved. And then two, support organizations like Young Americans for Liberty that are actually what they describe as building the bench of getting real liberty people elected into office that can actually affect change. And so that's the whole goal here is we we legitimately believe in creating a better life for everyone. And we we're asking that voluntarily. Like, yeah, we're not forcing anybody to give anything to us. And Charlie said the realm of ideas. One important thing, one important thing to remember is that in the realm of ideas, we're right. We're we're right about this. You know how you, you know how I know we're right? You can boil it down. You can boil it way down to simplest terms. Because of the haters, man. Because of the haters. Because we got haters. <laughs> um you can boil it all the way down to the simplest terms. Look at the different ideologies. Our uh, look at the socialist or communist or whatever leftist ideology. Their ideology is that they should have control over your life, that they should be able to tell you what to do and not to do, even if you're not harming other people, that they should be able to take your money and decide what it's going to be spent on, that they should be the ones to protect you. You shouldn't be able to protect yourselves. Our ideology says that people should leave you alone, and if you're not hurting people and you're not taking their stuff, then no one should have any other power over you other than that. Maybe you hurt someone, okay, then there's a a judicial system and things like that. Our ideology says that you should have your own liberty to live your life in the way that you see fit and that we shouldn't be able to tell you what you can and cannot do as long as you're not harming other people. That's the ideology. That's the whole ideology. Mm-hmm. That's it. The and leftist says they can have power over you in any amount of ways that they decide that they can. That's how we know that we're right. right. The left and the right. Both of them do. Yeah. Yeah. Now, why is that important? Well, it's important because you get one life. Yeah. That's it. You get one shot at this thing. I don't know. Well, maybe there's some type of reincarnation. I don't know. Probably not, I would say. As I mentioned earlier, a hundred percent of dead people don't get to make any decisions or have any impact because they're true. They're not here. They're not represented. There's no consciousness yep. uh, alive. So you get one life, you get one life. And we want, we believe in making, we believe in trying to make a society that allows you to live 
the best life that you can possibly live. That's exactly what we believe in. That's why we do what we do every single day. So anyway, if you guys believe in that and you buy a t-shirt from us or you subscribe to the show, the download numbers are insane. It's it's (laughs) actually really good. I'm I'm excited. Yeah. So uh, keep sharing that with a friend, leave us a rating and review, do all that. We'll be back here tomorrow. I think we might do, I'm going to just do this because Nate, you're going to have to do this. Put on the uh, Facebook page, ask me, ask us anything. Tomorrow's Friday. And so tomorrow we're going to gather some questions and you guys are going to ask us anything and we will talk about it on the show. So maybe your name will be mentioned. So do that on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. (laughs) And we hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty.